Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We converted the flagship, converted, converted. We've converted the flagship to a Miami Heat NBA podcast. Sorry, we're all a little frazzled here over the past couple of days. There's a lot going on, man. It's all right. There's a lot going on and probably a lot going on while we're taping this podcast, which we're doing here at about 6.05 on a Monday. So as soon as we have more information, if we have it during the podcast, uh, we will update you. I've got Twitter up and all that. But first, I want to tell you about the sponsor, the main sponsor of this episode, the attorneys of Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them at one call legal. Dot com. That's onecalllegal.com or else 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets with a new 15,000-square-foot office on I-95 in North Miami. We share that office with them so you can come say hello to us. As you get your work done with them, they'll handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation, onecalllegal.com. That's one 855 5,000 law. Ethan Skolnick here with Alphonse Sidney. You can find him at Alf954 on Twitter. And we're going to try to get you the latest information on all of the Miami Heat news. We were going to podcast last night. We podcasted, uh, is it potting or podcasting, Alf? I never know. I think is it's it potting. I mean, that's what the cool kids say. Yeah, but we're neither of us is cool. We're both old. <laughs> yes. So I think we have to say podcasting or just talking. Sure. So we did one earlier yesterday. You on said taping earlier, which is... Hey. Taping is, well, it is. It's what we're doing, right? We're taping. No, it's not taping. There's no tape involved. But, it's just an old, old man way to say we're recording. We're recording. Okay, so we recorded <laughs> on Sunday morning predicting what would happen at the Jimmy Butler meeting, and pretty much, if we can say so ourselves, we're 100% right, right? Like, I mean, everything we said was going to happen in terms of the pitch, in terms of the approach, in terms of how he would accept it, in terms of him saying he wanted to play for the Heat, in terms of how they would go about the sign and trade, in terms of the other teams like Dallas that might be involved. I even mentioned the Clippers, which we're going to talk about. We were pretty much right about everything. So I'm not saying we're going to be right about everything here, um, but there's a pretty good chance of it. So here's what's happened. Since yesterday, the Jimmy Butler trade was essentially consummated with Philadelphia, Josh Richardson going to Philadelphia, which we also predicted because, as I told you, Philadelphia was not interested in Justice Winslow. Josh was the piece that they wanted. So the trade with them, with Elton Brand up there in Philadelphia, and then essentially Goran Dragic and uh, Goran Dragic going to Dallas. But since then, Mark Cuban, who hates the Heat and all things about the Heat, decided apparently to renege on that trade, didn't want Goran Dragic the last second, even though his best player, Doncic, uh, is basically looks at Dragic as a big brother, and they share the same agent, Bill Duffy, that Dallas has done business with for years. He reneges on the trade at the last second and says what he actually wanted, because this sounds so alike, was Derek Jones. He said Dragic, but he said he meant Derek Jones, but it sounded like Dragic. I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's such, I mean, even the Dallas writers were tweeting out that it's Dragic. Like, it was so obvious that they pivoted. I think I think it was a Pat, uh, Pat Beverly thing that, uh, made him uh, renege, but the that spin that they put on it. Oh no, we said Kelly Olynyk and uh, Josh uh, Derek Jones Jr. 
But the weird thing about that, Alf, is that Pat Beverly is also a Bill Duffy client. So they, they basically decided not to meet with Pat Beverly, who, other than Dragic, was potentially the best point guard option available. They don't have a point guard. They got Brunson. They don't really have a point guard there on the roster. And they need one because uh, to play with Porzingis and, and with Luca. And they he don't have a perfect one. fit. It, it made perfect fit. It I, made I, too much sense. I think they would have been a top five offense with Dragic. But anyway, I told everybody last night on Twitter and elsewhere, don't stress about this too much because the Heat always have a plan after the plan. And there were other teams. I mentioned the Knicks, Cleveland, but also the Clippers with Riley's old friend Jerry West, who did him another solid. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that that's happened over the years, right? His old mentor, the guy he used to run ragged in practice. Uh, you know, when, when West was a star and Riley was a grunt with, with, uh, with the Lakers, that Jerry West did him a solid, essentially, in that organization. And they've been able to consummate this trade and include the Hassan Whiteside piece. So here is what the trade is as far as what we know at this moment. And I'm going to tell you as we start here, my information is the Heat are not done. They're fielding offers for Goran Dragic. They're, they're in play for players like Kevin Love and Marcus Aldridge and possibly – possibly for Bradley Beal. But here's what, what I, as I understand it, Alf, the trades are, and this is what Woj has reported, and I've been able to, in the last 10 minutes, to get this basically confirmed, but Woj had it first, uh, which is Josh Richardson to Philadelphia, Jimmy Butler to Miami, uh, and then, additionally, Hassan Whiteside to Portland, Maurice Harkless, uh, Myers Leonard to Miami, who I think is going to be a useful player for Miami, actually. I think there's yeah, a lot I do to do with him. Mo Harkless, to Miami, but then rerouted with a first-round pick to the Clippers. Now, what I'm trying to nail down at this point is how protected that first-round pick is, but my belief, based on a couple of people I've spoken to, is that it is reasonably protected, okay? So I don't think they're in a position where they've just given away the farm like they kind of did with Goron, right, when they made yeah. that trade. Uh, I think that's a reasonably protected pick, and I'll try to get more details on that for you. The end result of this is, for now, the Heat have kept – all of the core assets we've talked about. Yep. They, they lost Josh Richardson, who we knew they would have to trade to get anything decent. But they kept Bam. They kept Winslow. They, for now, kept Derek Jones Jr., right? They've brought in a very serviceable big in Myers Leonard, who shot 38% from three, but doesn't have enough attempts from three. And I think those will double under Spo. He averaged, I think, 1.8 attempts per game last year in about 14 minutes per game. Um, Harkless, don't worry about because he's not going to be here. But they're getting Jimmy Butler. And, and you know, now there's a report from Tom Haverstrow that Philadelphia offered Jimmy Butler the full five. Now, that's the now, first place I've heard that. I will say that Christian Hernandez is uh, from my heat beat is disputing that. Okay. He's saying that there, were, there was never five years offered. So th that's up in the air. But I, I don't think Philly just didn't want to keep Jimmy. But I think it, they were probably uh, – pretty confident that he didn't want to be there anymore and he wanted to go to Miami. And I think they made a choice, right? They decided that Tobias Harris was a better fit as a third option. Yeah. He was. And, and if, if you weren't going to pay all four, which we talked about that too before all this started, that Philadelphia was unlikely to end up paying for all four. Maybe they had some interest in doing it, but it was, it was kind of prohibitive. We saw they lost Reddick to New Orleans. The Hornets, the Hornets, I'm sorry, the Pelicans have had, in my view, the best offseason in the NBA, actually. Yeah, if you look definitely. at everything that they've done. But in totality, right now, as we're discussing these other possibilities, you still have Dragic, you still have Winslow, uh, you still have Derek Jones Jr., you still have pieces you can move for somebody else. But for now, for now, I give the Heat an A for this, Alf. I mean, they got their guy without yeah. giving up 
without giving up the guys we were worried about them giving up. You knew how you know how I felt. Uh, yes, yesterday I've been saying it uh, the whole time. I was okay with the Heat standing firm, uh, letting you know, letting the contracts run out to 2021. But I did say, if you're going to go after Jimmy Butler, I only want to see one of the kids gone. I'm okay with the first round pick, and we got to get off of a big contract. Now, the big contract I was thinking of was going to be Goran Dragic, which is to me, I feel almost like Goran Dragic is a better player than a salary dump, right? So, and essentially, what you've done is trade. Josh Richardson, which we knew was going to go, right? We knew they were probably going to have to give up a first-round pick, even though if they did the Dallas deal, they would have never had to lose a first-round pick. So that that hurts a little bit. But now when you're talking about a heavily protected first-round pick and you shed Hassan Whiteside, and to get Jimmy Butler and Myers Leonard back, like that is – you're right, it's an A trade. I, 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 and I see, that, I see there's some people upset about the pick, but if you're talking about a heavily if, – if, Somehow the Heat stink <laughs> at the end of 2023, and you're talking about a top 20 protected pick or something like that because we don't know the protections, then you're giving up a late first rounder. The, at worst, you're giving up a late first round pick. Like, this is a great, this is a great trade. Well, yeah, and, and look, what franchise are these people rooting for? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know like, what have they been watching the past 20 years? Bro, you, you will never – listen, you, I will never understand these guys. There's, a, there's just a, a contingent of Heat fans that just hate Pat Riley irrationally. Well, they want to be unhappy about everything. And, yes. And, and look, and look, I, I, look, I've been down on what Pat did in 2016 and 17, but there, there were – because there was no logic in it. It didn't fit no. with their philosophy. But everything they're doing now fits with their philosophy. What is their philosophy? Go get the star, figure it the bleep out later. Okay, so they've done that. All right, if you have to throw in a draft pick, you throw in a draft pick. It's not like they're giving up two like they did for Dragic. Okay, get rid of the guys who don't fit the culture. Okay, doing that also, getting rid of Whiteside. If they can get rid of Waiters, that'll be next. Okay, but they got rid of Whiteside. They could not look. Uh, you can talk about Hassan behave last year, and he did for the most part. They could not go into another season with Eric Spolstra <laughs> having to deal with us on Whiteside. And look, the single biggest win in this entire thing, to me, it's not even Jimmy Butler, okay? It's not even Jimmy Butler or what they do next. The single biggest win is you and I talked about Bam Adebayo needs to play 30 yep. to 33 minutes a game, and now he's going to, all right? Now they're turning it over to him. They're saying to Bam, you're going to be our centerpiece in the front court, all right? We've got a perimeter guy who's an elite guy. Maybe he's not a top 10 player, okay, but he's certainly in the top 20 to 25. But we're going to basically free you to do the things that you do best. You're going to get the minutes. You're going to get the touches. You're going to get the ball in your hands to make decisions. You know, Leonard, who they picked up, and again, I don't want to overstate Leonard because he was getting limited minutes in Portland. But if you look at some of his metrics, last two seasons, Portland had 129 rating. That's 129 points per 100 possessions when he played, okay? So he's a good offensive player, yep. and he's a very good passer. So now you have a guy in Bam, you've talked about, is a very good passer, and you have a guy in Leonard who's a very good passer. All right, and again, we're going to see what they get for Dragic, but they have suitors for Dragic now. I, again, think Dallas made a mistake. I would love to see them keep Goran, but I don't think it's in the cards right now, okay? And I think Goran at this point probably wants to be moved. I mean, he's been through enough the past few well, days. Well, according to Barry Jackson, he's very happy that he hasn't been traded. And well, I he, could see well, he, he, he loves Miami. His, his wife loves Miami. He's told me many times he wanted to stay in Miami. And maybe they figure out a way to make it work here. But I do think, look, everything that the fans, Alf, wanted to happen, 
that <laughs> I talked about on draft night, okay, when Pat said all these things that angered the fans, and you and I both tweeted, okay, because we were there, and because I have 20 years of experience of covering Pat and knowing it's all bullshit when he talks at those press conferences, <laughs> that, that, that basically – Everything he said should be disregarded, okay? Goran Dragic is our starting point guard. Not true. He never meant that. Okay, Justice Winslow. I know you guys all have him penciled in as a starting point guard. You know why? Because they have him penciled in as a starting point guard, okay? Yeah, we all they know. just didn't want to say that publicly. All right, Hassan's going to come to training camp and compete. In Portland, he is. <laughs> not here. Okay, this is, I mean, look, I can't tell you. I tell this story all the time. My first experience with Pat Riley was 1995-96, February 96, okay? I was I was taking I was single at the time. I had plans, okay, to go to a very nice steakhouse, take some a very nice steakhouse on uh, trade deadline night. Okay, I'm 23 years old. Okay, it's a big night for me to go out. All right, and I was it was I think it was because it was right around Valentine's Day or whatever. And we were at uh, this is my first year covering Pat, and we were at his his uh, practice that day. And I asked him specifically, is anything going on right now? No. No, nothing's going on. So it's safe for us to turn off the – I wasn't even phones at the time. It was like beepers, okay? It's safe for us to turn everything off. Safe for us to turn everything off. He traded five guys that night. <laughs> Three different teams brought in Tim Hardaway. You cannot, Alf, you cannot take him seriously. When you, he and you said it to me, and I, we were both there, and, I, and we both talked about it on the timeline. We talked about it on this podcast that you know what he says things like there are obstacles but there are no obstacles what does that mean who knows what he at one point he said something he's like i don't even know what that means he's he was just, just saying stuff to say <laughs> stuff now that's it he's just yeah. everybody it's it's just it's just a it's like a one-man show for uh 20 minutes where he just basically rants and rambles and listen it, it, you and I, when I, when people were getting all like you, the, the one people got all upset about was Goran Dragic's starting point guard. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you look at the way they treated Goran through this whole process with kid gloves, right? Right. They love the guy, so they're not going to go on to a press conference and say, "Oh yeah, we're throwing just uh, Goran Dragic on the bench. Justice is our starting point guard." No, they have a lot of respect for the veterans, and I think it was uh, Christian Hernandez who was talking about this on Twitter today, saying. If you look at how they are treating these guys, you know, they, they, Josh, nothing but love from his teammates. Um, you, Goran Dragic, they're trying to work with him to get him into a good situation, uh, trying to get him to Dallas where, with a guy like Luka that he loves to play with. They're trying to do right by these guys, which is – so when you hear Pat say certain things in the press conference, he just – maybe he just doesn't want to run the bus over a guy. I mean, well, he doesn't want to run the bus, Alf, and part of it is that the way that they treat guys. But part of it is also, if you come out publicly and say, Justice Winslow is our starting point guard, right? Okay, where does Goran Dragic's value go? If you come, that, out, and say, if you come out and say Hassan Whiteside, you know, is, is going to play behind Bam Adebayo this year, where does Hassan Whiteside's value go? Like, you, you can't say those things. Like, that was another I, thing I was saying. If you want to trade a guy, why, are you, why would you call him a backup in a press conference? Uh, it, it's total. But, but fans get the – but see, here's the difference. 15, 20 years ago when Pat, and this is what drives him crazy, what, when he used to say this stuff, it wouldn't come out to the paper the next day. There'd be no immediate reaction except some people like sending, like on, there weren't even message boards, right? Like, I mean, where's it, you know, it wasn't even the bottom of blogs or any of that. I mean, he's railed against sort of blog tweet culture, right? Like you didn't get this immediate reaction to it. So he could say stuff 
and it would sort of linger there until the next day when somebody got it at their doorstep. And then, so they complain about it on the radio the next day, and he would listen to Jim Mandich, okay, defend him. Like this, this is what it, this is what used to be. But well, not just that, Ethan. You would write a whole column about the press conference and put things into context. When I was in the when I'm in the uh, the room and he's doing the press conference, I'm firing off tweets as the quotes come in. No context, you know. It's you you can't even uh, tell the tone of someone's voice. So basically, all you're doing, all you're getting is raw words, and you have somehow. And now, as a fan who's already upset about what's going on, you have to put them in context instead of a writer putting it in a column. Exactly. And so, look, it, it's microwave society. He's talked about that. I think actually that's Spolstra's term, microwave society. And it's true. And so everybody's all freaked out about this or that or the other. I mean, even last night, like I went in to do TV on WSVN and we had to blow up the whole segment because the trade was not done. Right. And, and, and we're all sitting around like six or seven of us. Okay. How are they going to make this trade happen? And my whole thought was they're going to get it done. Like they're, they're too far down the road at this point. There's other teams with cap space. Now, it, it, will this make them not do a deal with Dallas again? Maybe, okay? Like, I, I, you know, I mean, you're at the point now where it's two of the old school guys. It's Tibbs and Cuban who F them over. Like, it, it's pretty you, clear, like, you know. You, you were saying how upset Riley was over this whole thing. Well, I, I just heard he's, it, it was not going to go well. If, if <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean how, how do you claim that you got the players confused? Like, I mean, it's a, and, and, and how do you claim, I mean, Look, I mean, we can, we can argue with decisions, and I have, you know, look, on this pod and other places, decisions they made in the summer of 16, 17 that were, in my view, very short-sighted and didn't fit the organization. But, all right, if you're telling me that Andy Ellisberg didn't know the damn cap rules, I mean, come on, okay? I mean, they know the rules, okay? Whether you decide you're going to apply them in a way that's going to work best for your organization. Those are arguments we can have, but whether or not he knew, like when that came out with DJJ and Linux, it's like, okay, this doesn't match. It doesn't match. It, doesn't, it, doesn't, it would have been illegal on the heat side. It wasn't even right. a proper trade. So why would the heat be talking about a week for a proper, for, a, for an improper trade? It doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And I think Dallas is going to regret it. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about what this team is going to look like. Um, and maybe again, what's next and it gives me about a minute here as i'm uh, introducing one of our sponsors to actually check twitter so we'll do that in a second but first alf and i are very excited for the high at magic city this summer that's j-a-i not h-i-g-h the high for high lie the high is putting a brand new spin on a classic miami experience featuring unbeatable drink specials a live dj indoor lawn game area live highlight and so much more the high is going to be miami's newest hotspot on friday and saturday nights mark your calendars to live the high life starting on July 19th. I think Alf and I are going to go out there and tape a podcast. So check it out, Magic City Casino, the high. And if you want to drive there, we'd recommend you get a car from Doral Toyota. Another of our great partners been with us since the beginning, which, like us, pure South Florida. You can find all of your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 North, Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles, in-house financing available for credit-related issues. Also, if you mention five reasons or five on the floor, when you call 305-680-1129 or come into the dealership, you work directly with a dedicated manager, not a salesperson. Doral Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos. Let's go. All right, and let's go to the last part of the podcast here. 
let's look at what the lineup is right now, Alf, because it's really in flux, right? So we don't – look, there's a couple of players that I think would make sense for them to pursue. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has been a longtime Pat Riley target. I don't know if the Spurs are looking to blow this thing up at this point, but you're talking about a guy whose contract expires in, in 2021, uh, which, which makes him an interesting target there. Remember, LaMarcus seriously considered taking a mid-level exception from the heat with a promise of more money. Like he was, I've talked to him about that meeting. I mean, he's, he was blown away by Riley in that meeting. Uh, Kevin Love is a name that's come up. Of course, Bradley Beal's the big name, but let's look. And by the way, Bradley Beal, if you look at the numbers, man, I don't think people realize how good he is. Um, What he did last year, 82 games leading the league in minutes per game, averaging more than 25, five and five, which Dwayne Wade did twice, just twice. Yeah. Bradley Beal's incredible, man. He he does not get the credit, or I guess the uh, the attention that he deserves. No, and John Wall getting out of the way there was big for him. But of course, if you're going to take Bradley, if you're going to get Bradley Beal, you're probably going to have to take John Wall, and that's the issue. But let's just look at what the lineup is right now. So, Goran Dragic is still on the team. So, provided that that's the case, I guess right now, uh, until Goran is moved, it's what Goran Winslow and Jimmy, right? As your as your core perimeter contingent with bam at the five who's your four is it Myers Leonard or is it I I would put I mean I think they would I think they trust Kelly more if Kelly's still here right I mean that's another thing I mean they kept like everybody's talking about giving up this protected first round pick they still have Dragic they still have Olytic and they still have Derek Jones Jr. at the minute they have they have and and another thing when you look Myers Leonard actually makes Kelly a little bit more expendable Agreed. You know, they have a lot of overlapping skill. They they have an overlapping skill set. I don't think that Myers Leonard is as good at some of the ball handling stuff as Kelly is, like some of the dribble handoff stuff. But like I said, I think that they can get Myers Leonard's threes up quite a bit. Um, But now, but look at this. Myers Leonard, yeah, he may not be as good at some of the stuff that, uh, that Kelly is good at, but he's cheaper and he expires after this year. Right. Right. Kelly goes through 2021. Right. So if you can say, okay, we have Myers Leonard, uh, we can, we're okay with giving up Kelly now. Now you have a package of Goron and Kelly Olenek that could be very attractive to some, to, to some teams that are trying to compete right now. And also, if you want to get off of Dion, I'm not even mentioning Dion as a core player in the backcourt rotation, but if you want to get off of Dion, you could potentially do that now by basically attaching. Uh, if somebody wants Dragic, Dragic is expiring, whether it's now or maybe during the season, you can attach the two of them together. I mean, they have – look, with that core, they have a little depth there in the backcourt. There was a report today I think Barry had that they're interested in TJ McDon- McConnell. Oh, my God. back a point guard. I know you're I'm not – to- Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I'm going to have to delete a lot of old tweets. Well, I'm well about Philadelphia. <laughs> but, you know, he's, but as a backup point, though, look, there's been a lot of years they haven't had a true backup point. You know, I, I know, sure. you know, for years it was like, do they have a third point guard? And now, you know, lately it's been had, they had a second. But uh, the biggest thing is Bam's going to get the minutes at center. And you're right. Right now it would be Olenek, and then it would be Myers Leonard um, kind of rotating with the two of them. You still have James Johnson, who, if he returns to his proper role, I think can give you 15 to 17 decent minutes a night if he's healthy, if he's over the hernia, if they kind of get him back in the shape that he was in before. I, 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 looking at this team now without another move, this to me looks like a mid to high 40s win team, which I – I didn't think it was, again, three days ago. And I, they're putting pieces around Jimmy that make some sense, right? Like, you know, again, Myers Leonard is a plus shooter as a front court player. I think Bam eventually is going to be a plus shooter. It might not happen this year, but I think eventually it's going to happen. But, I, I, you know, the biggest thing to me is they're putting together a team that I think Eric Spolscher is going to want to coach. Yep. And I, I don't think they had that before. No. Uh, you know, they, they're putting together versatility. They're adding some shooting. I didn't even mention Tyler Harrow. We don't know what he is. I didn't mention Aspala. We don't know what he is. I mean, and there's, again, some repetition there between, you know, uh, between KZ and, and we haven't seen him yet. They can't even announce him yet until the sixth between him and Derek Jones Jr. But all of a sudden, like, they've gone because they gave up so little in this trade. Like, they gave up, they gave up, again, I like Jay Rich but they knew what his max was, right, in terms of his potential. They gave up Whiteside, who had to be cleared out. And they gave up what else? Ethan, you thought it was going to be Kelly, Jay Rich, a first-round pick for Jimmy. Then you were still going to have to give up Goron for nothing. Right. That's what we thought was going to happen. <laughs> and, so, and then you, and you still have Hassan on the, on the roster. Yeah, so that, uh, that muddles the thing with Bam. So now you've cleared all this space. So now you have a clear vision. Well, not, it's not clear yet, but you're start, the vision's starting to come together. And I still think they have pieces to put together another trade, whether it's for Kevin Love or for LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't know about Bradley Beal because the asking price has to be sky high. And I don't want to hear anything about bringing John Wall in. To me, that is such a, such a mistake. 2020 I think it goes to 2023 or 2024 that contract in the last year he makes like 47 million dollars a year well he's also he's also a player who relied on his speed explosive um, point and, guard with an Achilles well, injury come right, on that's problematic I, and and I always I always loved him as a player because he was a two-way player even though he wasn't a great shooter and but there was even an issue with him even if he was healthy how good he would be into his 30s because he's not a great shooter. He never became a great shooter. So, you know, with those point guards who can't shoot, that's problematic. Like, Tony Parker lasted as long as he did in part because Tony Parker came in as a terrible shooter who became at least an average shooter, even though he wasn't a range shooter. But I don't even know that John Wall was an average shooter. And so I, I, I don't know that you can do that. I just – I love Brad – I mean, look, Bradley Beal's better than Jimmy Butler. Like, I, you know, he's not the defender that Jimmy Butler is, but he is a top 10 efficiency – player as an offensive he's player better and he's younger that he's younger and and also you know i'm fine with jimmy's attitude for this team but beal's attitude's perfect okay in terms of the, I mean, you never hear anything bad i mean beal's had some problems getting along with john wall but again he's not the only one in that regard so i i love bradley beal but you're right the, the idea of giving up well it only made sense to me if you were sort of getting rid of 
all of your bad contracts in the deal, right? But I don't have to be Dion, JJ, Goron, Kelly. Like you'd have to give up. But then what happens is now you have three max players, right? Right. And are those three max players good enough to get? If you're paying three max guys, you have to be championship ready. Well, and, and well, look, look at it this way. When you had a healthy wall with Beal, who was not what he is now, but still a very good player, and say you had Otto Porter as your third, who's not Jimmy. He's Jimmy Butler light, like very light, right? Yeah. That, that team was good enough to be what? Fourth or fifth in the East? Best yeah. scenario. So, and, and you might have, you know, so, so it's, and you might have to take Dwight Howard back too, which is not something you want to do. So I, it's, I love Bradley Beal as a player. I just, I think that's going to be too difficult. I think when you look, and I don't love Kevin Love as a player. I think people know that. I covered him for a year in, in Cleveland. I just I don't think he has the kind of toughness that that the Heat want, uh, and the kind of and just sort of the defensive awareness. Uh, that that was my big problem with him. Like people remember him jumping out on Steph Curry once. It's the one thing I remember him doing right defensively the whole time I covered him. I, it's just I'm not a Kevin Love guy. But then again, I can see Kevin Love in Spo's system. Mm-hmm being really good um but and then aldridge i think aldridge occupies a lot of the same space that bam does he does which uh which i don't know why that how that would work and he's also not a very good defender no um, well he's slow-footed he tries but he's slow-footed he, he has better awareness than than love does but yeah they're not they're not great defenders and, and look bam needs to come some way as defender too he's much better than hassan in terms of getting out to shooters and switching and all that but he's not the shot blocker Hassan was. Now, there were problems with the fact that Hassan was trying to block every shot. Let's, let's finish this with kind of some thoughts on a couple of the guys who are gone. Um, Josh Richardson, to me, is one of the great Heat success stories. Uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who was drafted 40th. Chet Kammerer identified him, pounded the table for him. When he first came in, there were some questions early on if he would even make the team. Not only he didn't look he, like an NBA player before he went to Sioux Falls. He did not. And, did. and I, I remember I was, I was on some flights that he was connecting to to go to Sioux Falls when they were sending him to those places. Totally naive. Rook to all the rest. They were trying to make him into a point guard at first. They sent him to Sioux Falls to run like a thousand pick and rolls. Didn't really take because he didn't really have the instincts for it. And yet he becomes a player as the 40th pick in the draft. He's a top five player in his draft in terms of what he's actually produced so far and becomes a player who's a core piece to get an all the three-time all-star in Jimmy Butler. That is a great success story. And beyond that, he's a great guy. Okay. If you ever dealt with him. All right. He's just, Josh is always positive, really, really good person. Uh, and he was a great find and he was a really good player for them. He just got miscast in a role last year. Part of it, I think is they were prepping him for a trade like this, but I just, you know, before he goes out the door and we'll do the same for Goron, if he does also, you couldn't have asked for more when you make that draft pick, like what Josh Richardson produced for you, what he becomes for you, the way you'll value him uh, going forward. I, I, he's a great success story for the heat. And it's just funny. And you pointed it out on Twitter and a lot of people have um, how he has all of a sudden become so league wide appreciated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all everybody of a sudden, loves the heat players as soon as they're traded. Oh, every, now everybody loves Josh Richardson now. And I look at Josh and listen, Second round pick became top five in that draft. I don't care what anybody says. Top five or six in that draft. He, three and D guy, he did everything the Heat has ever asked him to. From the beginning to now, he's done everything the Heat has ever asked him to. And I am actually afraid of that Philly lineup with him there. 
I think him and Ben Simmons are, are going to be a great backcourt. I think he will play off of Ben Simmons perfectly. You'll see some of what you saw when Justice and, um, when Justice and Josh were working together really well because Justice and Ben have some of the same kind of game. Um, and the fact that Simmons is so good in transition, so is Josh. I think they're going to be a, a, a tough team to deal with with Josh there. And like you said, just a great guy, great kid, just has, has always done everything right. And I, I'm, a, I'm actually happy for him that he's gone into this prominent situation where he's going to get the spotlight on him. And that probably in 2021, when he opts out, he's probably going to have a big deal coming his way. Yeah, no doubt. And he'll deserve it. And you know, I, I don't think there should be any bitterness either way on that one. Uh, they, I think they did right by him. They gave him the opportunities. He did right by them. I know that the young guys on the Heat are going to be upset about this. I saw Justice and Bam posting, but this is part of it, man. Like they were, you know, Dwayne was upset uh, to a certain degree when Lamar and Karan were traded, right? And but it got them Shaq. It got them a championship. This is just the normal growth. I mean, Josh Richardson is Karan now, right? Like, <laughs> you know, not drafted as high, but he's the player that had to be sacrificed to get better. And he's, he's Glenn Rice being sacrificed for Zoe. I mean, this is what Pat does. I mean, it, when you develop into a player, you can be a core player for the Heat, or you can be the player who is moved to get someone who is somewhat better. And Jimmy Butler right now is somewhat better than Josh. Now, I did the statistics last year and posted a lot of this, that where Josh was at this stage of his career, whereas where Jimmy was at this stage of his career, were pretty similar. But do I see the Josh breakout that Jimmy had? No. And the only reason I don't see it, it's not necessarily ability. It's personality. J Jimmy has an alpha personality. So if he ever developed any of those other skills, it was going to all come out. With Josh, I just don't see that. I see him fitting better with Embiid and Simmons uh, as the third guy. He's it's, I, it's, fourth guy. It's going to be I, – I, I honestly, I think that team is going to be – it might be – if Kawhi leaves, they might be the team to beat. And I think because I, I do feel Josh is a better fit there than Jimmy. I think he is too. I think Milwaukee's still the team to beat, but losing Brogdon's going to hurt. Uh, you know, they, they, lost, they lost some pieces there. They lost, they, they're losing Lopez too, aren't they? No, they're keeping Lopez. Oh, okay. They, they, right. they kept Lopez. They got, they got a really good money deal. They got, they're paying him half of what, they're paying, of, of what Orlando's paying Vucevic, which to me is a great I can't, I can't keep up with the news, man. I'm, no. I'm, I, I don't know where anybody is anymore. Well, it's probably going to be more after this. But, all right, let's go to the, the last one here and, and sort of the eulogy for Hassan Whiteside. Um, and I just want to say something really quickly. I was in favor of the Max. So, so if, was I. Right. So everybody who thinks that I'm this Hassan hater, I thought they had to do it. They had an asset. They didn't want to lose the asset. One of the teams that wanted to max Hassan that night was Portland. So it ends up. And Dallas. Out. And Dallas. Right. <laughs> All the teams that are involved now. Right. So and I didn't have a problem with it, even though I had concerns about how he would handle it. Um, you know, he's not a franchise face. Uh, he was best suited kind of in the role where he had to prove himself. He might be good in Portland. He likes Lillard and McCollum quite a bit. I mean, they're all good buddies. If he was going to go anywhere, you know, that's a place to go. Portland's also a place out of the spotlight. I don't think that Hassan would do well in a New York or a Boston or a Philadelphia. I think to go out to Portland, they take their basketball very seriously, but it's not a major media market is better for him. I don't think Hassan's a bad person in any regard. I just don't think he was a fit for this culture. I, he was a fit for the culture when he had something to prove. And I remember a one-on-one -on -one conversation I had with him and he's like, how did I get here if I didn't work hard? You know, and he was right. Like, he couldn't have gotten out of the places he was overseas, getting cut by Memphis, playing in the, in the D League at the time, if he didn't work hard. But the problem was always going to be once he got the money, 
not so much would he stop working, but one of the things Spo always told me, Alf, was he said, my thing with Hassan is not getting him to work hard. He'll do that. It's getting him to work with. And that was the thing they never got him to do consistently, right? Like to work with, like Spo's big thing was when your teammates on the floor, pick them up, right? Or when yeah. you're, instead of going to the gym by yourself, bring three guys with you. And that, that just didn't, from what I heard, and again, I wasn't around as much the past couple of years, but I was around the 15-16 team every day, home and road. From what I heard, that's what never really happened consistently. And a, a lot of conversations I had with UD, okay, about <laughs> trying to enforce that, and it just, and I'd get a lot of eye rolls. And, and it just so, I, I think, do they like him personally? Yes. Do they like hanging out with him? Do they see big potential? But, you know, I think people like Dwayne who liked him. You'd see Dwayne hanging out with him off the court. But I think Dwayne got tired of being asked about him. UD got hot, tired of being asked about him. I, I just don't think it was a great fit here. And I think they knew it pretty quickly. I, it, this was not like, oh, my, you know, we're trying to sell this. and all that. No, they knew. They knew. And Spo knew. And it was just, I, I just like I said, I, I, I wish him well. I hope he does well in Portland. They have a chance to do something significant in Portland. Um, they have a, arguably the best backcourt in the league, or certainly it's up there um, with the best backcourts in the league. And I hope he does really well and he performs in the playoffs. But it was time, and he had to go now. Yeah, it was time. The fan base had turned on him. Um, he had turned on the coaching staff. The coaching staff didn't seem – and this is all just outside looking in. That the co I mean, also by his quotes, <laughs> I mean, what he would talk to Barry or Ira, uh, it was pretty obvious he wasn't happy with the way he was being coached. On Instagram today, he looked super happy. I'm happy for the guy. You know what? He, it, 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 there was a lot of misery down here for him the last year and a half, two years. Um, and I do think he brought a lot of it on himself. Um, but at the same time, uh, we don't know everything that goes on in the background. On the court, uh, he, he, did, he never passed. <laughs> I mean, he had a four-assist game, and it was, you know, he had doubled his assist for the year. <laughs> like, it was just – it was never a fit. And when you when and whenever you look at Spo's teams, there's always these small, fast, athletic centers that blitz pick and rolls that switch on the point guards, uh, the Joel Anthony's with you, if you will. This was just never a Spo's kind of guy, as far as what I've seen in Spo's offense. And you're right, I agreed. In four years ago or three years ago, whenever it was, they they had to pay him that contract. What happened to the Heat is what happened to people with DeAndre Jordan and all these other bigs. Mm -hmm. the, basically, the rug got pulled out from underneath them, and then bigs became uh, dinosaurs halfway through that season. Right. So it just be, and because with the advent of Golden State and, uh, you know, the space, all the spaced out offense, he just became a dinosaur overnight. And well, now the, the heat, and the heat created that, Alf. The, the heat created that with they did. Josh at the five, and 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 the thing was, it wasn't just that that, that his type of big. You couldn't play two bigs together anymore. Nope. So so, that, so now you had Hassan and Bosch together, and right. even when Bosch went down, and that's when you really remember when they took off is uh the second year when Bosch went down and they put Lou Alding at the four. Four, right. Well, has everybody talked about Hassan and Bosch would be this dynamic combination. They were a minus with the two of them on the floor that year. Like you said, yeah. they moved Lou into the starting lineup when Bosch went out. Like I love Chris Bosch and I would have preferred to have Chris Bosch at the five with Deng at the four. But while Bosch and Hassan were playing together, I don't know that the team would I think that team when Bosch got sick again or, or got diagnosed again at the All Star game in Toronto, 
I believe they were 27 and 23 at the time. They were like, finally turning it around, though. They were. They, they were uh, starting, but it was slow, man. It oh, was it slow. was. Re- it was. It was. That was that whole first half of that year was torturous. It was because torturous. you finally you got the lineup that you've been waiting for. Right. You finally work. got them together, and and it just looked terrible. Yeah, it it didn't work. And, and so look, Hassan in Portland. You know they like that. You know they'll play smaller fours. Um, and again, they're so reliant on their backcourt. It's going to be interesting to see when the ball goes into Hassan and, and Lillard. Lillard and McCollum are waiting for it on the perimeter. Yeah, he he said on Instagram that he's got shooters. You got to yeah, pass to him for them to shoot, Hassan. Right. It's one thing when you, when Shaq had shooters. Like when Shaq yeah. used to say, "I got shooters." Like yeah, Damon, just stand out there at the three point line, okay? And you're going to get the ball because Shaq's greatest skill that never got talked about enough was he's a passer. He was a fantastic, fantastic passer. Passing out the post, he was amazing. A- amazing and so selfless. Like, um, for all the – look, Shaq could be selfish about a lot of things. But as far as that, like, Shaq would get you the ball. You were on the perimeter, you were going to get the ball, okay? And But with Hassan, it just wasn't going to happen. And I-, I just see so much of the Heat's offense opening up now. If, again, they have – if they're playing – if Olenek's still here and they've got Bam and Olenek, which was a very positive combination for them last year, and now you've added a shooter in Harrow. We'll see what he looks like. I know the Heat put out some some video the other day that was very – of course, they're going to pick the best clips, but it, there was some impressive stuff in there that I didn't know necessarily that he could do. I'm, I'm curious when I got to Summer League to watch him. We'll get to see KZ play as of probably the second or third game of Summer League in, uh, in Vegas when I'm out there, so we'll be reporting on that. But I, I just I, – I, look – End result of this today, I don't know how you can be a Heat fan and not look at this. And I've been hard on them. I'm not a homer, okay? I gave them a D for what they did in 2017. I don't know how you could look at today and not say this is an A. I, I think I, this is – considering the circumstances, considering that they, 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 the trade almost blew up on them for reasons that I don't think were their fault, to get out of this with so many assets intact that you can still flip for other things or keep – I, this is a fantastic day for the Heat. And it is why, Alf, they're the premier franchise down here because we see what the Dolphins are doing, and I, I agree with what they're doing in terms of finally breaking it down. We see what the Marlins are trying to do. And a lot of that is going better than I expected, and I understand the reasoning for it. But there's no franchise in, in South Florida history okay, that has been able to sort of retool on the fly like this one does and to do it when you don't think they can. And it's like Pat said – you know, there, which I think he was just making shit up, Alf. But like, like, but it's like Pat said, there are no, there are obstacles, but there are no obstacles. He wasn't going to put that in the winter with it or his next book, okay? Or yeah. Because I think that was punch drunk at one in the morning, all right? After you know, he was complaining about a five hour draft, okay, at 74 years old or whatever it is. But I, I it's true. It, it, it pretty much sums it up. There are obstacles which they created. They're obstacles of their own making. Yeah. There are no obstacles, ultimately. Listen, and we, we, we do have to recognize the irony of applauding him for applauding the Heat. And I said this and because I've been applauding the Heat all day. I've been ecstatic about what they've done. But we have, to, we have to recognize the irony of applauding them for getting themselves out of a mess that they created. Right. <laughs> um, right. But at the same time, there's a lot of GMs that create messes mm-hmm. all over the league. And then they're stuck for five to ten years. Right. Right, the Heat are now at the point. Knicks have been stuck for twenty. <laughs> Dude, come on, the Knicks, the Mavericks. I mean, the Mavericks have two star players, and they still can't even get free agent meetings. In in a in a state in a in a city that also has no state tax, uh, just like Miami does, and and you know a situation where they still haven't gotten over letting Tyson Chandler go after the two thousand eleven finals. Like we're still back there. Like they. 
they made one bad move, and I feel like they've been digging themselves out of it ever since, in part because Mark Cuban, when Darren Williams is coming to visit the Mavs, he's out doing Shark, shark Tank in California. Look, uh, we complain about a lot of the things the Heat do, and, and I think that some of it has been very warranted. But what they've done over the past couple of days, I think, in a lot of ways, restores sort of my faith that they get it. They knew what the fans were saying. They weren't clueless to it. All right. They believed a lot of the same things. It was just, okay, how do we execute this? And what you see is it's not just, and this is, I think, the strength of a good organization. It's what San Antonio has. It's what the Patriots have had. It's not just the plan, Alf. It's the plan after the plan. And it's like I talked about with them making the offer, Riley making the offer sheet to Elton Brand in 2003. And then when that's matched, striking immediately for Lamar Odom and getting a player who actually fits your system better, right? Uh, th- there's a plan after the plan. And I think what you saw this week and today we may find out is, okay, it didn't work out with Dallas. Cubans reneging on a deal. I'll call Jerry West. <laughs> yeah. But that was the thing. It did, when the, when the, the Dallas thing went, went under, it doesn't seem like they panicked at all. Because everybody who was talking to the Heat were like, oh, no, they're super confident. This is still going to happen. Right. right. And then that's the thing. And you even had writers, national writers saying, listen, with Andy Ellisberg and Pat Riley, they're going to get this thing done. And so I think sometimes down here, we're too close to it. We're too emotional about it. And we've lost, uh, the fan base has lost some of that, uh, that just tr- that implicit trust they had in Riley. Mm-hmm. I think this went a long way to getting that back for the Heat fans to say, okay, we do still have a franchise um, that's going to do whatever it takes to win and win big. So today was a really, really good day for the Heat and for the fans. Yeah, no, agree with that. And we'll see what else happens. So we'll be updating as we go forward. And we promise you we're going to have a new logo. We're going to have new music. We've just been kind of doing this on the fly. We are, you know, we're, we're trying to make acquisitions as the Heat are trying to make acquisitions <laughs> right. at the same time. So sometimes the deals fall through. I don't know. What the hell is Smoot doing, man? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Is that a we week and it. a half to do this? And you're music guy. All right, we'll get to all we that. We need assets. We, we, we do. Well, you know, I, I had assets. I just, I just traded seven for Miami Heat beat. I will, uh, we'll, t- <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk to you for the Vegas Summer League, but probably before that, um, hope you enjoyed the pod and hope you enjoyed the day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.